Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church Podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. Good morning. Thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning. I told Dave not to make me blush before I walked out here, but he decided to do that. So um, here it is. Uh, <laughs> thank you, you guys. I'm so happy to be with you this morning. As um, Pastor Dave said, I'm the youth pastor here at Southside, um, and I'm so excited to be with you here this morning, whether you are online or here in person. I wanted to take a moment and just kind of gush about the youth ministry that I get the privilege of leading. Um, so this last Wednesday night, or sorry, two Wednesdays ago, we actually had our summer party, which was like our year-end uh, event. And so over this past year, we've had events at the last Wednesday of every single month. Um, it's kind of capping off the month and having a great time with our students. And in May, we actually had 157 students show up, which was amazing. It was really incredible. So... For our June event, we thought that it would be pretty smart to plan for around 200 students, right? We wanted to make sure that students would have enough buffer to invite some friends, and so we prepared for 200 slushies, we prepared for 200 ice cream cones, we prepared for 200 bandanas for the students to wear. Um, And on Wednesday night, we had 241 students show up. So that's pretty wild, yeah. And what's really cool is that of those 241 students, there were actually 60 of them were brand new. They had never checked into our program before, which is awesome. Yeah. I do want to take you into that evening a little bit because it's, uh, you know, it's kind of enjoyable to hear how things went. And so at about 6.30, we had our VIP, which for, if you don't know, if you're new around here, VIP stands for Vision, Information, and Prayer, or in other languages, just a meeting we have before our program um, to kind of get everyone excited. And at 6.30, we had 50 students already there waiting outside. And at around 6.45, which is when our doors opened, we had around 100 students. And as um, Jake, our youth director, was walking around at around five after seven to make sure all the students had checked into our program, the response that he was getting was, no, I haven't, because the lineup is 10 minutes wait. So we were kind of backed up at already a quarter to seven o'clock, or at at seven o'clock. And then at around 7.30, that was when we were gonna get things going, and so I had all the small group leaders gather their small groups, because we were gonna compete in a relay, um, and we got them all bandanas, you know, for some team camaraderie. And every single small group leader came up to me saying, I'm running out of bandanas. Do we have any more? And at that point, I didn't have any idea how many students were there, and I began to realize, oh no, we, are not ready for 240 students. But you know what? It was amazing because we also had nine leaders who were there for the very first time. They were shadowing on their first night. So talk about jumping both feet in. Um, It was incredible. It was the most wild night, uh, but it was so much fun. I just wanted to take a moment to shout out my leaders. The team that I have is incredible. I would not have been able to do it without you guys. So if you guys are thinking of serving anywhere at all, how about youth? You can try it out. How does that sound? But seriously, (laughs) but seriously, youth is an incredible opportunity. Um, At Southside Youth, our hope is that we can bring students from their first introduction to Jesus to a lifelong understanding that he has a plan and a purpose for them and can affect every single area of their life. And the primary way that we do this and we're able to do this is actually through people, leaders, adults who who can actually invest in them through deep relationship, um, stepping into the messes in their life and showing them the love of Jesus. And so it's pretty cool, right? 60 new students. That's really, really amazing. But the first thing that I think of is that 60 new students who need to be invested in. 60 new stories, 60 new people who have stuff going on that need somebody to care deeply for them. 
So if you wanna be a part of changing lives in the next generation, I would love for you to text the word serve to 604-670-3040, or you can actually just come chat with me in the lobby afterwards. I get the incredible privilege of continuing our journey through the book of John today. Um, and it's really cool being able to share what God is teaching me uh, with the church family here at Southside. I am used to dealing with teenagers though. So um, I'm gonna be following the three strike rule. Um, so as Dave said, if there's any disturbance, this is what we'll kind of lay out, all right? So strike one, um, I will pick the biggest and the scariest safety team member and we will have them sit with you outside the auditorium. And strike two, I will be writing a detailed email and making a phone call to your parent um, to tell you about your behavior, to tell them about your behavior. And the strike three will be that I will actually ask you to take one week off of church, okay? Um, so don't, don't tempt me. I will not hesitate and I will call you out by name. It would not be the first time and it will not be the last, all right? Sound good? Okay. Good. Um, I am continuing, like I said, our journey through the book of John. Um, we are in chapter 15 today. Something that is very clear to me over these last two chapters that we, we have been working through is that God desires for us to have a flourishing and a fruitful life. So much so that he actually sent Jesus to come to this earth to, 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 to bring connection between us and to him. And not only that, he actually desires for the Holy Spirit to live inside of each and every single one of us. Pastor Mike talked about the Holy Spirit last week, this, this idea that the Holy Spirit can live in us, transforming us as well as working through us as we are the body of Christ, as 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says. We've been going through this journey through the book of John, and we've, Pastor Mike has said this, I think, every time that, we have, that he has preached in the book of John, where we, we have, he has said, we do not want you just to know what Jesus has said or just to know what Jesus did, but to actually truly know him, to truly get to know Jesus. In this chapter of John, Jesus paints a picture of what a life in relationship with him can look like. A life with the Holy Spirit living in us can look like. Throughout the book of John, Jesus has made seven I am statements. These statements are, are as follows. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Today, we're going to be covering the last I am statement. And I believe this is the last one because I think it gives us probably the most complete picture of what a life with Jesus looks like, what God desires for you and for me when we actually get to know him. See, we pick up in, in chapter 15, verse one, where it says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing." If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I am the true vine. I am the true vine. 
the first thing that sticks out to me when I read this, this section of scripture is actually the picture that I get in my mind. So my opa, which is German for grandpa, he has a beautiful garden, okay? He's a gardener. And, I, and when I read this section of scripture, I picture myself there, walking out his back door. And out to the right, there is this massive garden bed that he has vegetables and just rows and rows of vegetables. And on the side of his house, there's this piece of lattice that goes up the side where a grapevine is climbing up and growing. He has fruit trees absolutely everywhere. There's plum trees, there's pear trees, there's apple trees. There's even one apple tree that I'm sure he's very proud of that he actually has many species of apples growing on because he decided to graft them onto it. And at the back of his property, he actually used to have bee boxes. And I still remember when I would go and watch him tend to the bees and care for the bees and he would give us as kids these pieces of honeycomb to chew on. And I still remember the taste of the honey when he would do that. But I remember during the spring or the summertime when we would be walking around in his backyard, in his garden, there are bees flying around and the, the plants are growing. There's blossoms on the trees and there's fruit and vegetables in the ground. And in the midst of it all, there was my opa. He was walking around with his hands kind of behind his back with his trimmers clasped in one of his hands as he would walk around and trim the trees where they needed to be trimmed. And he would pull any weeds that were getting in the way. See, this is the picture that I see when I read this scripture. When I, when I think of this flourishing, this is the picture that I get. Jesus is the true vine. He is the true vine. We are, and his disciples are, his followers are the branches. These branches are, are, are you and me. This is such a beautiful picture of how life with Jesus is. A beautiful picture of how life in relationship with him is. Think about it like this, a plant, it takes nutrients up from the ground. It brings them into the, the, the vine. It brings them into the stem. And from the stem, it goes out into the branches. And the nutrients work in the branch to allow for it to grow, allowing for the blossoms to be created, allowing for those blossoms to be turned into fruit. Jesus says that we are the branches and he is the vine. The Holy Spirit in this picture is the nutrients working in us from Jesus, working in us to cause growth, to cause fruit. And that fruit is actually the fruit of the spirit that we find in Galatians 5, to 23, where it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I think of, of my Opa as, as God the Father, walking around with his trimmers and, and caring for the garden. In relationship with Jesus, connected to the true vine, we can experience the love of God and we can also see an overflow of that love of God into what we produce, into the amazing things to bring us life and growth, to produce love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control. This is the life that you and I can have. This is the life that Jesus offers us. But you see, as I read this section of scripture, I couldn't shake one thing. There are a couple of things that Jesus said that, that stuck with me, where he says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. This picture of a branch or a person who is clearly, clearly not flourishing. Someone, a branch that is clearly barren of fruit stuck with me. Because I began to see this process in action. I began to see that branch slowly kind of drying up and drying out as it laid there separated from the vine. 
My wife, Sydney, and I used to live in New West, and it seemed like when there was this one summer that every time we went to work or went to the grocery store or to and from the house at all, we would drive past this wild patch of poppies. And it seemed like it got more and more beautiful by the day. It was incredible. Maybe it was because it was sandwiched between the two less incredible things. There was a really like a dirt patch of a dog park on the one side. Um, and there was a very industrialized building on the right side. But right in the middle, there was this row of these really beautiful wild poppies. And every single day we would comment on how beautiful they were. We'd say, that's incredible. I, I don't even know where they came from. Do you think someone planted them? We had no idea, but we would drive back and forth until finally one day, Sydney said, pull the car over. I want to go pick some of those poppies. And so I pulled the car over and for about 10 minutes, she's going through these poppies, picking the ones that she thought were the most beautiful as she created a bouquet. And I remember watching her walk back to the car and she sits down in the passenger seat and she looks at this bouquet of poppies that she created. And she said to me, honestly, they looked better out there. And so we decided that wasn't good enough. We were going to try to save these, okay? So we went home. We put them in a vase on our table. We added some water. And for about 30 minutes, they kind of perked up, okay? But then they began to wilt. And so, I don't know. We thought maybe they were pretty finicky. And so we decided to grab our Brita filter, put a little bit of filtered water in there um, to see if that would help, okay? But the same thing happened. They perked up for like 30 minutes and then began to wilt again. So I thought, I'm pretty sure we have a packet of that plant food somewhere. So I rummaged around under the sink, grabbed this packet of plant food, mixed it into the vase, and then the same thing happened, maybe give or take three minutes. Like they, they stood up again for a while and then began to wilt again. At this point, we gave up, okay? We just left them on the table and over time, the water kind of began to dry up and the life and the beauty that was in these flowers began to slowly fade away. As the nutrients in the water, as the, as the nutrients in the flower itself kind of began to dissipate and the water dried up, the flower itself became dry. The, the structure in the stem began to fail. The petals became very fragile. And with any bump or nudge or any quick movement past it, there was potential for the petals to fall off one after another. There was no amount of water changes or plant food or Brita filter that could change that fate. It was always inevitable that one, at one time, this flower would eventually end up in this state without proper, a proper source or fertile soil being connected to the main plant. It would become dry, inflexible, fragile, hopeless, and eventually dead. I thought to myself as I read this story that Jesus tells how badly I wanted to be that flourishing branch, how badly I wanted to be a part of that flourishing picture that he paints for you, of, for you and for me, connected to the vine. And I think that the truth is, is that you and I both know that we desire that. We have a longing for this life of flourishing, this life of fruitfulness, producing things like love, producing things like joy and peace. But more often than not, we relate much more closely to that flower. We relate much more closely to that branch that has been separated, that is drying out and drying up. See, I was tw around 21 years old. I just graduated from Bible college and I, was, I went to Bible college because I desired to be used by God. I wanted to bring the hope of Jesus to the people around me. And so I got an opportunity to serve at this church. They couldn't pay me, but there was a need there. So I decided to go. And I remember I found myself working three jobs. I was working at Starbucks, I was working as a pastor, and I was working as a custodian. 
And so in order to support this, this, this pastoral job that I had, I began going job to job to job to sleep, to job to job to job to sleep. And this pattern repeated day after day, month after month, until I started sacrificing things that were actually quite important, like eating healthily and regularly. I actually found that I lost almost 10 pounds in a week because of the lack of nutrients and the stress that I was putting on my body. I was trying to earn the approval of God through, through, my, through working harder and, and trying to single-handedly save the whole city for him. I remember sleepless nights when I, when I would go on walks at four o'clock in the morning, walking around asking God why I felt this way. I thought I was doing what you wanted, I would tell him. I thought I was doing what you wanted and yet I would still be left feeling hopeless. I remember laying on my futon and looking up at the bedroom roof, thinking to myself, I honestly don't even think that anyone would notice if I was gone. See, this time in my life, I was the branch. I was that flower, disconnected from the true vine. I was trying to find a way to produce those things that I had heard talked about, like love and joy. And I think that something important that Jesus said is this, a branch on its own can produce nothing. A branch needs a source. A branch needs a source. And at that time in my life, I was like that flower searching for a source, searching for a vine to bring life from. I began trying to find it in my financial security. And I began to work harder. And if I had gotten enough money, I felt like maybe I'd be able to feel that life. I found it in, in my, my ability to work hard. I tried to work, I thought to myself, if I work hard enough and long enough, maybe I can earn the approval of God and I can earn the approval that I have been looking for. I can experience that flourishing life, I would think to myself. But the truth is, is that those things were just like a water change or plant food to my life. They came and they went and then I found myself withering once again. It makes me think about this one time that I decided to plant tomatoes in my backyard. And I put them down in the ground and I began to water them as I, I wanted to, you know, really in my mind, I wanted to create the best BLT I've ever had. And so I wanted to grow my own tomatoes. And so I planted these tomato plants, started watering them every day, caring for them every day, and eventually a little green tomato sprouts off of the plant. And so I was getting excited. You know, that means that eventually I'm gonna have a real tomato, right? So I keep on watering this plant every day. The tomato gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And finally, the tomato begins to really look like a tomato, right? It starts turning red. If you guys have ever watched a tomato grow, it gets a little red spot and it slowly spreads over the whole tomato. And I was maybe a little bit greedy as a gardener, okay? I wanted to have the biggest tomato that I possibly could. And so I kept on watering it, leaving it on the plant as long as possible. And it finally did get all red. And I kept on watering it. So like I said, I wanted the biggest one that I could get. And one day I noticed that on the very bottom of it, it began to turn black, which I thought was kind of odd because tomatoes are meant to be red, right? And so I thought, okay, maybe it'll go away. I did some research on my own and um, kept on watering it, but over the days, it began to turn more and more and more black. And it turns out it has something called end rot, which is, you know, very creatively named, simply meaning that the end of the tomato began to rot. And it turns out that this is caused by an improper balance of nutrients in the soil. It didn't have enough nutrients in the soil to actually produce a healthy fruit. See, when we f try to find a source in our lives to produce these fruits, we often will choose one that does not support the fruit that we are looking for. 
It does not actually support the fruit that we are trying to produce. And it basically teases us, just like that tomato. For a time, maybe it looks like we will receive it, but it doesn't sustain in the long run. See, what a plant produces is a direct result of its source. What a plant produces is a direct result of its source. Do you find yourself searching to find life, searching to find a source? What is it for you? Maybe it's that relationship, thinking that he doesn't treat me very well most of the time, but when he treats me well, he treats me really well. And I feel that love that I have been looking for. Or maybe it's your money. You have this number in your head that you're trying to get to. You have this number in your head that you're trying to to earn, and you think, once I reach that, once I hit that, I will finally have the peace that I've been longing for all along. Or maybe, maybe it's your job for you. You think that maybe if you reach that corporate, the rung on the corporate ladder, or you get that corner office with a nameplate on the desk and you get that recognition, you will finally have joy. See, whether you are here for the first time and you're brand new to Jesus, or you've been walking with Jesus your whole life, the truth is, is that we all, at times in our life, need to be reconnected to the source. We need to find true, the true vine and life in Jesus. See, Jesus says, remain in me and I in you. Another translation says, abide in me and I in you. Abide means a continued state of being or just basically existing within. So Jesus is saying, abide in me and I will abide in you. Exist in me and I will exist in you. Like when you hear abide in me, it kind of sounds simple enough, right? But I think in working out, it doesn't actually feel as easy. When someone says, just abide, just abide, it doesn't actually seem like it's that possible. But if you think about it like this, again, the imagery of the vine. When a branch is attached to the vine, to to receive that life, it simply just has to remain attached. It, It simply needs a transfer of nutrients from the vine to the branch. The key to a branch remaining attached is that continued connection. Not only just to keep life in the branch, but for it to produce fruit. So the key to abiding is that pathway of connection, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you, allowing the Holy Spirit to grow you and shape you. This is done through two things, okay? The first of which, which is solo time. Solo time, which is your private time with Jesus. One-on-one relationship building time with Jesus. This is you getting to know him and him telling you what he thinks of you and how he feels of you. This is done through some, some, some ways that I wanna give you this morning. One of which is Bible reading. The Bible tells us that the Bible is the word of God. This is his words to you and to me. And I know that it can be intimidating to maybe open the Bible for the first time. Maybe you've never, ever done that, which is totally okay. I wanna encourage you that we wanna help you be able to read with confidence. And so if you actually text the word READ to 604-670-3040, it'll take you to a page on our website titled Grow With God. And we actually wanna help you take those steps in your faith to be able to read the Bible with confidence because it's a step for you to get to know God better, to know what he thinks of you and to know who he is Another way is prayer, one-on-one time prayer with God. It's like a conversation with him, telling him the things that are maybe stressing you out, the things that are bringing you joy, the things that are, are worrying you, as well as just being able to have a conversation as if you're having a conversation with your friend, your parent, or your sibling. Another one that I think often goes overlooked is just simply quiet time. 
We live in a pretty loud world where things are always kind of moving and going on and an opportunity to just sit in silence and allow for God to speak to you is really, really powerful. For me, oftentimes after I go on a run, I will sit on my patio furniture in my backyard and I will look and just observe what's going on and, and allow for God to, to kind of speak to me in that time. Not saying anything, no headphones in, not listening to music, just allowing myself to be with Jesus. Another way, if you like nature, walking around in this beautiful part of the world called Chilliwack and observing the things that God has made, acknowledging his creation is another incredible way to spend time with him one on one. Another way, another, another thing that, you, that I believe is important to abiding is social time. So we have solo time and social time. We highly recommend groups here at Southside, not just because we think it's the latest church fad. We don't think it's just like the newest, greatest thing to do. We believe that it is vital to human flourishing to do life with other people, that you cannot do life alone. And not only that, you cannot do your relationship with Jesus alone. We need each other. I mentioned earlier, Pastor Mike talked about the body of Christ, this picture of a body working together, each part being valuable is a picture of what we need to be like as the church. Hebrews actually says that we should stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. We can't do this on our own. You cannot do that on your own. What I want you to know is that social time and, so, and solo time do not satisfy on their own. They'll leave you wanting. They'll leave you in a place where you're still desiring that flourishing life, but you can't quite get there. Jesus has a better way because when we find ourselves in a, in a place of just, maybe you're, maybe you're avoidant of community. Like you think, I'm actually better on my own. I don't need anybody else. I'm really okay. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be finding yourself wanting and maybe think about this, if, you, if you're only existing in the social time with God, think about it as if every single, every single week you have a coffee date with your mom, okay? So you go and you get together for about an hour and a half and you have some coffee together. And um, every single week you decide to bring 1,200 people with you. It doesn't really allow for that one-on-one -on -one time that, you, that would really grow your relationship with her. And it's the same with God. It's the same with Jesus, when you can spend that solo time together, you can allow for him to speak to you individually. And when you come together with other people who love Jesus and are growing in their faith, they can encourage you, they can challenge you, they can actually support you when you are going through things that you can't, that you can't do on your own. To find life, you must make Jesus your source and abide. Now listen, this is a challenging concept because if you're anything like me, when you hear those things, you're like, okay, solo time, social time. Abide, nice. I want to abide to the highest degree possible. Like I'm like, I will make it happen. I will do the best solo time and the best social time that you've ever seen. And I think that, again, if you're anything like me, we can try to achieve these things through our own ability. We can try to achieve the best things through our own ability. But I wanna encourage you with something. Jesus says, the branch has no power to produce fruit on its own. The branch has no power to produce fruit on its own. All the fruit that comes, that comes from us with a connection with Jesus has nothing to do with the amount of work that you or I put into it. Has nothing to do with the amount of work that you or I put into it. What a branch produces is a direct result of the source. All credit goes to the source. What you have to do as a branch is remain attached to the vine. 
what you have to do as a branch is remain attached to the vine. Continue to get to know Jesus. Continue to allow for the Holy Spirit to work in you, shaping you. And, and you will ultimately see an overflow of that in what you produce. See, continued connection with Jesus is, is as simple as continuing to learn his understanding and, and understanding his nature. To continue to understand that you are made with a purpose, that you have a place in him, that you are not defined by your mistakes and that he has more and better things for you. When you can find yourself in this place of, of remaining abiding in Jesus, keeping that connection with him, you will see the results in what comes out of you. If we think about the plant again, growth doesn't come in a single day or two days or even three days sometimes, but through a consistent schedule of watering, fertilizing and sunlight, there will be growth. And in the same way, your relationship with God and your growth in your faith will not necessarily come overnight. It's gonna not come from the quality of your, of your quiet time, but from the continued connection with Jesus, the consistency in your time with him. See, when we can look at our one-on-one time like this and we allow for God, the father, the gardener to water and fertilize and care for us, we can actually see what we produce as a result of him. As I said earlier, what a plant produces is a direct result of its source. So what are you producing? What are you producing? Are you producing bitterness, jealousy? This is a direct result to the source. You might be thinking to yourself, okay, I have this whole source thing figured out. Maybe you've been a Christian for your whole life or for many years and you're thinking, I've got it figured out. I'm connected to the vine. I want you to just listen to what Jesus says in this section of scripture. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, or sorry, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. On a grapevine, um, from one season to the next, there are branches that actually bear fruit one of those seasons, and in the following season, they don't. And those branches begin to kind of dry up, and they they become these like woody stalks on the vine. And if those are left, they'll begin to continue to be kind of cropping up all over this vine. And the, and the vine will eventually find itself tangled up and the growth that it is trying to, to produce will actually not be possible because it's tangled in all of these woody stalks all over the vine to the point that the fruit that it produces is actually lower quality than it could if it was properly trimmed or pruned, if those were taken off of the vine. Like I said, in order to avoid this tangled state, the vine needs to be properly cared for. Those need to be removed. They need to be pruned or trimmed. Jesus says, my father is the gardener. Again, I think of my opa walking around pruning his trees, clipping off the things that that aren't necessary, maybe taking away from the tree. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen a pruned or trimmed tree before a plant, but oftentimes they are not that attractive. They often actually it's almost nerve-wracking, right? Wondering if it'll ever return to its, its original beauty. But you see, the state of being trimmed back and pruned actually results in better growth. It actually results in better growth. Maybe you've taken a certain approach with your adult children for years now. And at one time, maybe it worked. But all you've been seeing over the last couple of years has been bitterness and anger and frustration. Or maybe your attitude towards the people that think differently than you is causing nothing but problems. I think this idea of pruning, and I think that oftentimes we can view it negatively. When we think of pruning or trimming, we we think of it negatively. 
But you see, when you trim or you prune a plant, the part that you actually take off, it was before you took it off, it was actually taking nutrients away from the vine. It was taking nutrients away from, from the, the trunk of the tree or the stalk of the plant. And so when it's trimmed, when it's pruned, it actually allows for the nutrients to go to the areas that need to grow, the areas that are supposed to grow, where that the gardener wants to see grow. See, there are things in your life right now that are taking away from the growth that God wants to do in you. There are things in your life right now that are taking away from the growth that God wants to do in you. And while it may be uncomfortable and it may be painful at first, his plan is that you will actually be even more fruitful. You'll be even more fruitful when we are growing in our relationship with God, allowing him to work in us and through us, through our solo time and our social time with him, we can actually see the way, we can actually see him transform not only the way that we see ourselves and that we see him, but he actually begins to transform the way that we see the world and those around us, prompting us to wanna bring hope and help and encouragement and reaching out to those people around us, which results in the final S of today, which is selfless time, selfless time. Earlier, I said that what a plant produces is a direct result of its source. It's a direct result of its source. When we find life in Jesus, he'll begin to produce these fruits of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, gentleness, self-control, not just in you, but actually through you to other people. You'll, be able to, you'll begin to be producing those for other people. This is why we encourage everyone to serve. It's not, again, not just to fill a space, but to actually see God work through you and work in the lives of other people. It's an opportunity to see those fruit in action. It's an opportunity to, to actually watch the promise that Jesus makes if it's better to give than to receive. He is the vine and we are the branches. Our job is simply to remain attached to the vine. When we do that, we can actually find life. We can find life, we can see Jesus work in us, bringing life in us ourselves and through us to those around us. See that ideal that was painted in this, in, this, in this scripture, that ideal of the flourishing garden, you and I can actually experience that. You and I can actually experiencing that flourishing life, but not by our own ability. Only by the source placed in the true vine, only by our source being placed in the true vine. Maybe you're sitting here and you feel like that flower. You related a lot more closely to that. Feeling dry, hopeless, maybe dried out and anxious and, and worried. I wanna tell you something. You can, you can find the source. You can find love. You can find joy. You can find peace. You can find patience. You can find kindness. You can find life in Jesus. I honestly just love the picture of, that this story paints, that Jesus is teaching. And I think, of, I think again of, of this, this, this garden with the light beating down through the trees, the plants growing, flourishing as the, as the father is standing there like my opa with his pruning shears with a big smile on his face, being able to trim back the things that are unnecessary, the things that are taking away from the growth and watching this garden produce fruit, the smile on his face is out of the joy of seeing what these plants are producing. Jesus, the vine, pouring nutrients of love, 
purpose, identity, and belonging into the branches, and the branches simply receiving what the vine gives, producing the most beautiful, beautiful fruit. See, I'm gonna ask that you guys close your eyes and bow your heads now. If you're here, and maybe you that's all you've ever wanted, is to experience a life of flourishing. Yet all you can feel is that, is that dry flower, that dry branch, that's, that's, that's what you feel like. I wanna give you an opportunity to, to bring life, to, to receive life, to find life in the true vine. You can experience this. I'm gonna ask that, that you say a simple prayer. Before we do that, I would love it if you could just slip your hand up if that's you. If you wanna begin this relationship with Jesus, if you can just slip your hand up, I'd love to pray with you. Awesome. Awesome, thank you. You can put your hands down. You can just pray this in your head, whether you're online or in person here with us, you can just pray this in your head or out loud. Say, Jesus, I wanna find life in the true vine. I wanna experience this flourishing that I've heard talked of. Jesus, come into my life. Amen, amen. If that's you, whether you are online or in person, I would love for you to text the word life. If you just made that commitment, if you just put your hand up, you can text the word life to 604-670-3040. We wanna take the next steps with you, be able to help you and resource you in this new journey. Um, we are so excited that you have started. I'm so happy that I had the opportunity to share with you guys. Uh, I hope that you have an amazing, amazing Sunday. Pastor Mike will be here next week, uh, so we cannot wait to see you there. Have an amazing Sunday. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.